name is Akanka and I'm glad to present to you another episode of Time Out with Akanka. It's been about two years since we had the last episode. So many things had happened in the course of those years. And firstly, my wife, Kike, passed on. She went to be with the Lord. And um, she was somebody that, uh, amongst others, would always encourage me. And uh, she would say things like, I can you have something to share with the world? Share your thoughts. Uh, share the things that you understand about God. And so she was, for the time she and I were married and we've known ourselves, a very, very important aspect of my life. Mother of her two children. And uh, the good thing we know is that she is with the Lord and it's our prayer and hope that we will be counted worthy who are alive in this part of eternity to meet with her when we get to heaven. So that happened in the course of the two years. And um, amongst other things, you'll find out that we have tweaked the soundtrack. All right. And um, presently, the one we're using now, we have permission from Dr. Panapese Paul to use a soundtrack, Serving the Living God. One of those songs that inspired me in the early years to think and reflect of the finished work on Calvary. It's a very beautiful song, Serving the Living God. Download it, listen to it. It's a blessing. It's available on iTunes. So what we did is to get the instrumental version of a song as a soundtrack for this podcast. That being said, I'd like to once again welcome you to this episode uh, this particular episode, we will look at the topic of prayer. Now, what I did was to break it down to three parts. So, Understanding Prayer series is what we title this set of podcasts. And this is the first of the three in the podcast. And today, I want to share with us about defining prayers. Rather, what is prayer? One of the materials that I had consulted in trying to define what prayer is, is the Eastern Bible Dictionary. And one of the things it said about prayer is that prayer is an intercourse of the soul with God, not in contemplation or meditation, but in direct address to Him. And that caught my attention. Prayer, it's a direct speaking. If the Bible has something to say about prayer, then it behoves on us to consider what prayer is and what prayer should be. Let's open the Bibles to Luke and chapter 11 from verse 1 to 11 from the NIV version. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, for we forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend who goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, let me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then one inside answers, Do not bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I'll tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, verse 9, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, clearly we see an example of Jesus actually praying. And the disciples at the time were privileged to listen to him pray. And they were so intrigued, even if it was a known fact that every man should be able to pray. But here they saw the Son of God in flesh, in human form, incarnate of God, praying to God. And this is one of the most important aspects of their life. And he said, Jesus, teach us to pray. In discussing prayer, I get to hear what people feel prayer should be or could be. But if I needed to know what prayer actually is, no other person has the credential to tell me what prayer is except God. Sometimes a lot of us in church don't really realize that Jesus is God. Yes, even though he walked in human flesh, the Bible says he was the expression of a Godhead bodily. And so what God said about prayer is priceless. Jesus said, verse 2, he said to them, When you pray, say. Prayer is talking to God. is speaking to God. He's not reflecting about God. He's not trying to enter a state of connection. Uh, those are terms we hear every now and then. No, 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 no. Prayer is speaking. Jesus said, when you pray, say. Often or not, I've been in many classes in my years growing up as a Christian. And when we are asked to share or to try to define prayer, one of the growing definitions of prayer is a two-way communication with God. Now, Jesus did not say that prayer is a two-way communication. He said, when you pray, say. The thing about it a lot of times is that because we assume that if I'm communicating with a human being, the human being, for the communication to be complete, the human being must be able to speak back to me. Then by his speaking to me, I understand that he understood what I was saying. The feedback or the response from that person often termed as um, a complete chain of communication. I like to say categorically that there's no place in scripture that teaches that God will speak to you, should speak to you, or necessarily that God speaking to you is a part of prayer. It is important to understand that when Jesus was teaching his disciples what prayer was, he did not say, after you have said this, now God will tell you what he has in mind. He didn't say that. He just stopped there. First John 5, verse 14. I read from the NIV version. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have what we ask of him. Now, we understand that when you come to God in prayer, there is an element of faith. It's a posture we have when we pray, when we approach God, that when we ask anything according to his will, God hears. And if we know he hears, in other words, it presupposes that you don't necessarily have to hear from him. But we need to know that he hears. 
He said, if he knows that we hear is whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Now, like I said before, it is important that you understand prayer as man talking directly to God. It is not a two-way communication. Right here and here, I know that people's hands are raised out. They have questions or they're bustling. They say, I, I can God spoke with people, God shared with people, God communicated with people. And yes, it's true that God did talk with people. And God still does, can talk to people. He is God. But if you ever read the Bible, whenever God spoke with people, it was not on the behest of the people, but on the behest of God. Let's open the Bible to Numbers chapter 12 from verse 1 to 6. It's another perfect example from verse 1. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of the Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? They asked. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard these. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, Come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. Then both of them stepped forward. He said, Listen to my words. What a prophet of the Lord is among you. I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of God. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, this is an example. God calls out Miriam and Aaron. And the cross upon which God rebukes the two of them for their opposition to Moses was in the way he speaks to Moses. He says, come, all of you guys, you have dreams, you have visions. But this guy... I've talked to him one-on-one. Clearly, that scripture shows that however God chooses to communicate, it's not premised on how I pray, but premised on his own behest, on his own, on his terms. God can show up and tell you stuff if he wants to. He doesn't tell you he's going to. He doesn't teach you he's going to. He doesn't expect you to expect him to because that's his prerogative. So prayer is not two-way communication with God. Let's get that. It's very important to understand that because often than not, when people teach prayer the two-way communication with God, they approach God with an expectation for God to talk to them. And they are armed with scripture that says God talks. God talked with Abraham. God speaks to these people. But read the Bible. In prayer, God wants it to come with confidence that he heard you when you prayed. He heard you when he spoke. And if he heard you and he's according to his will, he's going to do it. Prayer is an act of faith, an expression of faith unto the one you do not see and definitely do not hear. Or else, where is the faith if you have to hear? You show up in prayer, you show up and share your heart before God. God is interested in us praying. But Jesus said, when you pray, say. Now, because of the doctrine of a two-way communication in prayer, people have come up with terms. I've heard people say things like, oh, I did not connect with God when I prayed. Now, and these are terms you hear every now and then. And so, as a way that practices like listening prayer, people have come with practices and doctrines that say things like, you know what, when you pray, 
You have to empty your mind in order to hear God. You have to silence your thoughts, you know, because your mind is very active when you pray because you're thinking. They silence your thoughts. Your thoughts distract you from his presence. You hear things like when you silence your thoughts or when you empty your mind, then the Holy Spirit will take over and it will begin to talk to you and show you things, amazing things. That is heretic. That is unbiblical. That is downright dangerous. The Bible doesn't teach any man to silence his mind when it comes before God in prayer. Because for you to pray, your mind literally has to be active. The Bible says that better to keep quiet than to offer the sacrifice of fools. In other words, in prayer, when you come to God, it's more important to be calm and quiet than to say things thoughtlessly. You can't just open your mouth and say things without thinking. And so what is important that when you pray, your thoughts, your thinking, your faculties, your mind is engaged. You are sane, you are logical, and you are expressive. Any teaching that tells you to empty your mind, to empty your thoughts in order to connect with God in prayer, it's unbiblical. Why is that so? There is nothing in the Bible that teaches the concept of connect with God. Remember, we just read right now from 1 John 5, verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence we have when we approach him. In other words, you come to God with the confidence. You don't come with God with a feeling. You're not coming to earn a feeling that God heard you. It's a faith walk. It's default. When I speak, he hears. Somebody said something. If God can hear me think, he definitely can hear you speak. And so the thought that you can, you know, come before God, they say things that, like, oh, you have to your mind so that your spirit being will come alive and the Holy Ghost begin to talk to you. It's dangerous. It's mystical. It bothers to influences outside of the realm of God's word. Why do I say so? Because the Bible doesn't teach that. Okay, please, I'd like to encourage us. Please, let's take it serious. Because the reason why we hear many crazy things happen in church today is because people literally have the wrong posture in prayer. And because of that, they think they are spiritual. They feel like they are spiritual. They feel like, wow, I will feel like, wow, I heard God. I'm in tune with God. I'm connected with God. Read the Bible. That's downright deceived as it can get because definitely they are not connecting with the God to whom they claim. Now, and often or not, they use their experiences to buttress their confidence. Read the Bible, 1 John 5, verse 14. The confidence that God heard you is not based on your experiences, but based on his word, that if you pray, he would hear. So, quit all the stuff about trying to connect with God. Are you praying? Does a prayer make sense? Then he heard you. You don't need to connect with God. You need to believe that God heard you. So people that try to connect with God, they're looking for a feeling. They're looking for uh, something, something to affirm that God is listening to them or that God just responded to the things that they asked of him in prayer. So once again, I'd like to say that prayer is an intercourse of the soul with God. It's not contemplation. It's not listening prayer. It is a man expressing himself vocally and also directly to God. Remember, Jesus said, when you pray, say. Now, there are types of prayer. There's a prayer of worship. There's a prayer of thanksgiving. You know, you extol God. You exalt his name. You declare his faithfulness and his grace and his mercy. There's also the prayer of confession. And that's one prayer. Okay, I'm going to discuss that prayer in the third 
part of the series. It's a prayer that is really prayed presently in public worship in church. There are prayers of petition and supplication. These are types of prayers. You know, when you come to God, you have a desire, you have a need. You petition God. James says, if any man is in trouble, let him pray. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I have been in trouble. And that scripture will hit me. I mean, I literally will run to God and say, God, have mercy on me. And God has always heard me. There is also the prayer of intercession. It's a very important aspect of prayer. Intercessory prayers are prayers you pray on behalf of someone. It's something that we see, we are encouraged to do every now and then. Paul always desired and converted the prayers of the saints for himself. And he says that I have not ceased to pray for you. You make a mention of you in my prayers. He said that to the Philippian church. He said that to the Philippian church in almost every epistle. Praying for others is priceless. It's not just enough to ask God from your needs, as important as it may be, and it is important, but it's also as important to pray for others. Now, I want to run up with a particular thought about listening prayer. Years ago, an author wrote a book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, that literally changed the landscape of Christian experience in prayer. The intention of the book was to prove, as it were, that us as Christians can talk directly to the Holy Spirit. I'm yet to see one example of someone in the entire scripture that spoke to the Holy Spirit. Have you seen one? I've not seen one. I've read the Old Testament. I've not seen one. Oh, I've not read, I've read also the New Testament. I've not seen one. In fact, Jesus, did Jesus speak to the Holy Spirit? Well, he is God. He may have, but he didn't model that to us. And when he was teaching about that, he didn't teach us to. When he died and God resurrected and the church began to grow and the word of God began to increase and many were saved and added to the church, I do not see a teaching either in the epistles or a practice in the Acts where men spoke to the Holy Spirit. It is a given in this day and age for Christians to speak to the Holy Spirit, converse with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will just talk to them as they are talking to their neighbor. And this is, if as much as it's not formal, it's a form of prayer. Because what is prayer? Prayer is a direct communication with God. And the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. And it's funny because why would someone think that praying to Jesus or praying to the Father is not the same category as praying to the Holy Spirit? I mean, it's funny. It's God. They are all God. The three are in the Godhead. Now, if there is no example, if there is no teaching about a man talking to the Holy Spirit and expecting the Holy Spirit to talk back to him, then needless to say, the church is in trouble. And we just don't know it. I'm sure the author of the book tried to make God more real and alive to us so that we will not see God as just a transcendent God, a God that is high up there and mighty and awesome, but the God that we could easily relate to. The need to easily relate and feel God, as it were, I'm sure must have been the motivation behind the book because the intention clearly was that you can talk to God and God talks to you. But you see, it's because of that teaching that permeated in church, Christians took it for granted that the Holy Spirit is supposed to be someone they can talk with. And some of the things that also helped inform that thought is one of the benedictions of Paul when Paul said the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forever. 
And if we just take that scripture out of context, without looking at the entire body of scripture, we'll find out that it, we can make it say whatever we want it to say. Now, are there scriptures that talks about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. The Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of what blessed man should boast. So we see scriptures talk about the grace of Jesus Christ. How that he was rich yet for our sakes, he became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. We see scriptures referring to the grace of Lord Jesus Christ as exemplified by his dying on the cross. We see scriptures talking about the love of God. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We see scriptures talk about the love of God. Clear scriptures. Now, but when he says the communion of the Spirit, we just assume that it means that I can talk to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit to talk back to me. I mean, where did we see that in Scripture? For all I see in Scripture, when you talk about the communion of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, they talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit for the saints. Jesus Christ said, Lord, we do even to the end of age. The Holy Spirit shall be your comforter. He will be with you. Let us not assume to know the work of the Spirit by the definitions that we give the word comforter. When the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter, is our helper, we cannot now determine what will be his modus operandi or what should be the way he will go about to comfort or help us based on how we think a comforter or a helper should be. That is not the Bible way. The Bible describes the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the Christian. It convicts us of sin, righteousness, of judgment. The Holy Spirit makes us become more like Christ, opens the scriptures to our hearts. That's the ministry of the Spirit. That's the fellowship of the Spirit. Whatever the Bible teaches the Holy Spirit does for the Christian is what is regarded as the fellowship of the Spirit. It's not what we think it should be. It's not my talking to him and him talking to me. It is important to understand that because of these thoughts that permitted the church I mean, we've picked up a lot of doctrines, a lot of practices, a lot of assumptions we cannot find clearly in Scripture, in the Word of God. Prayer is to the Father. The Holy Spirit is involved in prayer, but He is not the object of prayer. In fact, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is also seen in the way He helps us to pray. We're going to see that clearly in a subsequent podcast. The Holy Spirit's fellowship with the Christian is seen in how He helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit inspired scriptures to be written. And in all scriptures, he did not say, talk to me. He said, talk to the Father. In the name of Jesus, by my help. I think we need more of the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer now than ever before. And that help is not inclusive of us talking to him and expecting him to talk to us. No, that help comes in him giving us the confidence that when we approach God, we know God hears us. The help is reflected in the confidence that when we pray, we will pray according to his will. Prayer, it's important. There are books written on prayer. The Bible study manuals on prayer. But more importantly, we need to pray. Let's not forget the words of Jesus when his disciples asked him. Master, teach us to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, say. God hears you when you pray. He's not dumb, he's not deaf. He listens. He commands us to pray. And sure enough, God will answer our prayer. Most likely, he's not going to talk to you. Most likely, you will not hear a voice. Because prayer is an expression of confidence, faith, and dependence on God. Till next time, God bless you.